Good morning. Um, my name's Frank. I'm so honored to be here this morning. If you're new here, um, I just want to let you know I'm not the guy. Um, I'm just kind of filling in, right? Is that what it is? Um, the other, the other guy is much more handsome, um, much more talented. Um, Pastor Roy, I'm honored to be here. Um, he's appointed me this morning, so I've been given the honor to be able to, uh, you know. Put together a word regarding prayer as we're into our retrofit your prayer series, uh, which has been incredible. I've been learning along um, as we've been going here, and it's really uh, impacted my own prayer life. Um, but with all that said, it is going to be a great morning. I'm expecting to have a lot of fun up here with you guys, right? Right? Um, all of you at home, be engaged. I want to see you in the chat. You know, give me some emojis. I'm a big fan of emojis. Thumbs up. Um, give me some fire emojis. Give me some winky faces. I'll take those. Um, my wife is online this morning. Um, she says, I don't know. I think you're pretty handsome. Winky face. We have fun. <laughs> anyway, let's get this going. And, you know, be sure to communicate with me in that chat. And for those of you on the Zoom call, I can see your faces. Hey, Britt. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Mrs. Brink. I love seeing you. I even see my boys there. Hey, Ezra and Levi and Judah. Um, you're, I'm going to be talking a little bit about them in my message, so you've got some fun stories about them coming up. So without further ado, let's just kick this off and just dive right in. Um, I got my base here this morning. For those of you that have maybe known me for a minute, um, you might know that I'm a bass player. Um, for those of you that come to Harvest on the regular, um, you might have even seen me up here. I'm part of the worship team. Um, and I take that, that role with great honor. Um, but I've been playing bass for about, um, since I was 13. You know, I picked up the bass when I was in grade nine in my first ever music class at St. Joe's, taught by Miss Mack. She's a wonderful person. Um, but it wasn't my first choice. Um, she gave us three options of instruments to pick, um, and then she had to, you know, assign all the instruments to the entire class. Um, so my first choice was actually guitar, but I knew I couldn't put that down because, you know, I knew there's other guitar players in the room that were, you know, far, far more well along than I was, and they were going to get that position. So I strategically put bass as my number one uh, because I, it was the next closest thing to a guitar. kind of looks like one from a distance. I could probably fool you, but it's really just a bass. But um, so I put that down as my number one. And then number two, I put down a, a drums. I want to learn drums just because... I feel like it's self-explanatory. Drums are pretty, pretty awesome. Um, ask Ryan Brink, phenomenal. Um, and then for my third one, I put down trumpet, because, uh, I don't know, there's three keys, and it could be worse, I guess. So uh, it was pretty simple. Um, but I got lucky. Miss Matt gave me the bass, um, and this is what I was stuck with for the year. Uh, I had no intention of ever picking up the bass. I always wanted to be a rock star, but um, that didn't pan out just yet. Um, but yeah, the bass, as I came to learn, um, was kind of really easy to, to, to learn. It's, it's not complicated. Um, it can be. Um, but as I grew, I just kind of learned my, my main notes. And as I progressed, I kind of got into a passion for it. Um, you know, immediately, I, I, once I got those fundamentals down of where my notes were, um, I jumped into worship teams. I was on a youth team. Um, really simple stuff. I jumped onto my church music team as well back when I was 13 and I was the little kid on the platform playing along to how great is our God and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I had a few friends that, uh, you know, took up instrument hobbies as well and um, a couple played guitar, a couple played drums and then we'd start jamming together on weekends, going to each other's house and, um, you know, and then I had these people to play along with. 
Um, so this instrument that was forced upon me for the sake of a grade um, quickly became a passion of mine. So I sought out lessons. Um, there was a guy in my church who uh, you know, saw that I had an interest in it, so he decided to give me lessons. He was a pretty phenomenal musician as well. Um, and uh, so that went really well. I learned some more fundamentals. I grew in my, t my skills. And uh, overall, it was a, just a great experience. And then it slowly, before you knew it, I became super passionate about this. Um, be playing, playing bass really became part of who I was. And I, it, uh, yeah, and I, ne I never really put it down ever since. I've had seasons where you know, I put it to rest. You know, um, you know, I have three kids at home, so life can be busy. So maybe I'm not picking it up every day, but uh, it certainly is still a part of me. Um, but what I realized as I progressed uh, through my fundamentals and learning more about it, uh, bass is, is easy to learn. It's just extremely excruciating, I would even argue, for the right person, impossible to master. Um, so you can pick it up really quick, but to become a master at bass, I would say is slim to none. Um, I would even argue, say, that you have to be born with a specific gene that that would bring you right up there with the greats. Um, you know, you'd have to be like, I don't know, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, like nephew or something like that, and you'd have to have that kind of instilled in you. Um, and I think, I think praying is a lot like the bass. You know, anybody can do it, right? Um, anybody can, like, I'm sure if I gave this to anybody, you could make a sound with it. You could even just hit the one note, I'm sure. You can even do it something weird, like, yeah, I don't know, you can slap it, you don't know what, you know, it could be awkward, but um, I'm pretty certain that you can make a note, note out of it. And I, if I left you alone with it for maybe, you know, 20, 30 minutes, I would, I would bet that I'm sure I could come back to you and you'd have strung together, you know, some sort of tune, right? It might not be a good tune, but you might think it's a good tune, but it's a tune regardless, right? And I know you could have fun with it. Um, so I am certain of that. And, you know, no matter your skill or your confidence in playing the bass or, or praying to God, God longs for us to communicate with him. And it's that father-son relationship that he's longing for, to communicate, regardless of where we're at. He just wants it to happen. Um, my son, Levi, um, we got him a piano for Christmas. Um, it's what he asked for, and we were eager. We jumped right on that because it was the first gift. You know, it wasn't a video game. It wasn't something that was just going to, like, uh, you know, just something to play with. It was something to stimulate his mind, you know, grow a skill, grow a talent, you know, really expand his universe a little bit by teaching him something new, and he showed interest in that. So we jumped right on it. We jumped on Amazon um, and ordered up a, a full-size keyboard, and we paid for the shipping. Thanks a lot, COVID. Couldn't go out and buy my own keyboard. But thank you, Amazon, for actually being available. Um, but yeah, we, we bought him that keyboard. I'm going to take it over here. And we got him an app that... Um, it's kind of like a game. It taught him how to play keyboard, and it's for kids, and it was his very first lesson, and the lesson was really simple. The lesson just had him um, hitting a C note on beat. So as he's hitting that C note, you know, just on beat, he was doing so well. Again, remember, he's his first time ever. He's six years old, um, and he's hitting that on beat, and then every once in a while, they'd ask him to throw in a D, and he'd go, and he would just keep going on beat with the game. And because it was an app and it was for kids, it was kind of a game. And he played and he practiced so much that by the end of the little uh, lesson or the game, 
he got 100%, and I was so proud of him. He was really killing it. And, you know, being a father who, you know, I have a musical hobby, I, I couldn't have been prouder for him. And, and that's how it is with God. Our Heavenly Father, he doesn't care how perfect you sound. He just wants to hear your sound. And, you know, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, tells us to pray without ceasing. He, he wants us to be praying and communicating with him constantly, despite our skill level or despite our, our, our confidence. He just wants us doing it. He wants us doing it a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, he wants us to do it so often, but he wants to equip us with confidence to do it. Um, so I like to think that when we pray, Jesus provided a model of prayer that we can use to help build our confidence in speaking with him, but also a way that we can pray effectively um, for our, you know, what's on our hearts. And what Jesus gave us is what we would call the world-famous Lord's Prayer, a.k.a. the Our Father. Um, I was also, when I was a little boy, I grew up uh, in the Catholic Church. Um, I was an altar boy. Um, and I remember, I can tell you the stories, it, it was fun times, um, but uh, I remember when I first signed up to be an altar boy, um, on a Saturday they had to go in, and there's a bunch of us there that want to become altar boys, and they created like a circuit in the parish and with a bunch of little stations, and we had to go, and we had to pass each station in order to be like certified or, or pass, I guess, to be an altar boy. Um, I don't remember the stations exactly, but I do remember one, and one station was we had to recite the Our Father perfectly from memory. And I remember, you know, it, it was just kind of ingrained in me because of being, you know, being raised Catholic and, 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 you know, we attended mass every Sunday. Um, I even, for Lent one year, I even served as an altar boy every single day before school started. Um, and I became altar boy of the month that month. Woo! Just so you know, I was reaching for the stars. Um, but uh, I remember standing there as a little kid and they had their clipboard and they're saying to me, hey, can you recite the Our Father now? And I was like, yeah, sure. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those. And, and, and uh, oh, I, it slipped my mind. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And you got bonus points if you threw in. For thine is the kingdom and power and glory is yours now and forever. Amen. And you got bonus points for that. And, and, uh, yeah, it was great. So I passed. I became an altar boy. And I don't know. I, I've always just had that memory. I don't know why. It was fun. Um, but uh, as I grew, again, as I grew in, in my prayer life and understanding of the scriptures, I realized Jesus didn't give the disciples this prayer to chant or recite, but gave it to them as a model to follow. Uh, the disciples were practicing Jews in the time. And like back in their time, things were like intense. To be a Jew, you had like so many things that you had to you had to do, you had to hold up. Um, the Jewish law was very complex, uh, was very demanding. Uh, you had to, you know, wash your hands a certain way. You had to go certain places at certain times. When you prayed, um, you had to do it like this and like that at this place and at this time. Um, and a lot of the times, um, a sacrifice, you know, the prayer evolved around sacrifices. So they'd even have to offer up a sacrifice while they prayed. Um, if they didn't do things the right way, there was a lot of people around ready to point the finger and judge and say, hey, you're not doing this right. You're a bad Jew. You're not, you're not, you're not filling the, the, the law of Moses uh, as, as expected. Um, and they're just waiting to cut you down at the knees. And that's kind of where they lived with that stress and that burden of, of trying to be perfect all the time. And, um, and at this point, 
many of the disciples, if not all of them, you know, they're sold on that Jesus is the Messiah. Um, he has come to set them free. And, and even the idea of that kind of took their world and flipped it upside down. Um, like, they believe that with the, if the Messiah came, that he was going to come as a warrior. Because the Jews were under the impression, oppression of the, um, were being oppressed by the Romans. And they thought that he'd come, you know, with a sword and shield ready to cut throat and, you know, put the Romans in their place and come to set them free. But, you know, that's when he turned the world upside down because Jesus told him, I haven't come to be as a warrior. Actually, Jesus told him straight up, I didn't come to condemn the world. I've come to save the world. And not just flip their world upside down because here they, they thought they're getting a warrior, but instead they got this meek, humble carpenter. And, and I believe during, during Jesus' mission on earth, he modeled to us how we should pray effectively. And this model, as I've been, you know, as I said in the beginning, as we've been going through this retrofit your, your prayer series, um, I'm learning right along with all of you. Um, I've really implemented it. It's been so great. Um, the last few weeks have been awesome. Um, and as I've even been studying, you know, to deliver this word to you today, um, it's been really eye-opening, and, and, I've, and I've, it's really been giving me a peace as I've structured my prayers in this, in this way, knowing that I'm communicating clearly and that God is hearing me. Um, and I find as, we, as Christians, or even if you're new and you don't know how to do it, this is a great model to implement. But if you've been a Christian for a long time, and if you're really honest with yourself, you can look at your prayer life and be like, where have I made it more complicated than it needs to be? And, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up in fancy words and, and I try to pray in, in a way that sounds awesome, like I'm trying to impress God with my fancy sentence. But, like, who am I to think that I can even impress God, the one who, the one who created language, right? Like, do you think he's going to be impressed by anything like that? No, he's just impressed and he wants to know the desires of our hearts. He just wants that relationship and communication line open with him. Um, so I feel like as humans, we, we always overcomplicate things. So I want to challenge you this morning, you know, if, you, if you're not, a, you know, a strong prayer, you've never given thought to prayer, you know, put more thought into it. Maybe implement this. Um, if you've been a Christian for a long time now and you pray regularly, I want to challenge you. You know, look at your prayer model. How, do, how are you doing it? Where, where are you overcomplicating it? Um, are, you, are you jumping through any hoops of fire that you, God's never called you to jump through? Um, and you're just going to be open up to a whole new world of freedom in Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Um, so, before we even jump into the Our Father portion of this scripture, um, I'm reading from Luke 11 this morning, for those of you that want to follow. Um, Jesus starts off by saying, Luke 11 verse 1 says, Once Jesus was in a certain place, immediately we learn that Jesus was in a certain place. You know, we can pray in, you know, anywhere we want and everywhere, um, but specifically Jesus was in a place um, Jesus found a certain specific space where he can connect with his father. He prioritized his prayer life, and he made, it, he made a point to find somewhere where he can pray to avoid distractions, where he can be alone with his father. Um, for myself, um, I tell anybody this anytime we're talking about prayer, for me, I pray in the shower. That's just what it is. Like, I've, I've shared that with you guys, right? I pray in the shower. That's, I got three kids, three young kids at home, and, it, you know, it, it can be pretty hectic. Sometimes the only place I can be alone is in the shower, so I take advantage of that. Uh, my second would be my commute to work. Those are my two spots. I plan for that. I know I'm going to be alone. I prioritize that time, and I make use of it. 
Um, I have a buddy of mine, I'm gonna overshare for a second. A friend of mine, when I was young, he was actually a, 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 um, a youth leader in the youth group I was at. Um, he came to know Jesus on the toilet. And that's, <laughs> and that's the way it was. He, had, you know, he was seeking God out and he had a Bible in his bathroom and he came to know Jesus through the, while using the toilet. And he made that, that was his time that he could get away. And he, you know, every time he used the toilet or went to the washroom, that's when he would pray or he'd take a moment to do devotions. And I remember being a kid and being like, this guy is crazy. But now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, I got kids, you know, it makes sense. Take, av- take advantage of those times. Look for those, those opportunities in your day. Um, the next, uh, as we continue in the scripture here, it says, as he finished praying, One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, I have to wonder, this disciple's probably watching him from afar praying. And up until this point, um, like I said, Jesus basically took their world and everything they knew. And he flipped it upside down. And some of it he even threw away. Um, And so he's probably looking at him going, hey, I wonder what he's saying over there. Um, I wonder if he's praying differently than I do or, or the way we've been taught. Um, you know, we've been doing, he's corrected us and, you know, opened our eyes to so many other things. Could I, could I be praying wrong as well? So that's kind of what I imagined. So when Jesus approaches him, he says to him, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, can you teach us to pray? You know, John the Baptist, you know, the way he taught his disciples, can you teach us, you know, how to pray? And there's no explanation in between. Jesus immediately doesn't, you know, throw a pun at him or, or, or a parable, he just immediately goes, yeah, sure, absolutely. When you pray, say this. And Luke, uh, verse two says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, amen. So Jesus is teaching his disciples through this prayer model. So why don't we take this morning and let's just break that down and we'll just kind of see what he's getting at and how we can implement this model into our own lives. So right away off the bat, he starts with our father. Now these two words, our father, we can just be like, yeah, our father who art in heaven. We gotta stop at these two words. These two words are mind blowing. Like they, there's so much packed into these words. Our Father. So like Jesus could have said, hey, when you pray to my Father, say Jesus' Father or the Father of Jesus. But he doesn't. Right. He says our Father. Wow. We're in communion. We're, we, we share a sonship right. or a siblinghood. Is that a word? Sibling? We share. We are on the level with Jesus. And, and I feel like this foreshadows what's to come. That the authority that the Son of God, Jesus, carries, we will carry as well. Because we are sons and children, sons and daughters, the children of God. And that's incredible. Just in the word our. Um, And then he says father. So immediately how we can practically put this into our prayer life. We can, we can, I want to, point number one that I want to bring up this morning is who are you talking to? Immediately identify who you're talking to. Who are you talking to? You're talking to God. You're talking to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Alpha and the Omega. Um, you're not praying to no saints. You're not praying to Mary or, or a dead relative or an ancestor. You're not praying to Elvis, the king of rock. You know, like, I'm not sure what he could do for you. Um, maybe he can make me a better bass player, but I doubt it. You know? <laughs> you know, you're praying to God. That's who you're talking to. So prioritize and, and call out. Who are you talking to? Um, and he uses the term father, um, which is such an intimate 
an intimate word. Um, the, the original Aramaic translation, he says, uh, Abba Woon, I think, um, which, but translates also to Abba, which is, you know, basically like, like dad, hey dad, daddy, you know, that's intimate. That's a, that's a personal relationship. Um, there's nothing in between that. There's, you know, there's a child and his father, and there's nothing separating them. Um, it's so intimate. And this is the God, you know, who created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, he put the stars in the sky. He causes the earth to orbit. Um, he causes the tide to go up and down. Like, he, he's done so much. But he finds the most joy in you calling him father. Like, isn't that in intense? Like, it's, it's incredible when you think about it. That's what he finds the joy in, in you calling him father. So that's just the first two words. And like that blew my mind when you really sit down and think about what's happening there and what Jesus is saying in the term our father. The next line is, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So take a moment to praise him. That's point number two. Just take a moment to praise him. Remind yourself of who he is. And who you're speaking to. Um, you know, anybody that, you know, it just barges in and is like, hey, I need this. I want that. Uh, can you do this for me? I need this. Can you do that and go there? Can you deal with that for me? I want that problem solved. Deal with it. It's, there, there's an etiquette to, to entering God's throne room. Um, you know, we have the authority of his children. Um, but there's still an etiquette of respect and honor that we need to uphold. And I love... I love uh, what Pastor preached, uh, Pastor Roy preached uh, two, week, two weeks ago as he was talking about the story of Esther entering King Xerxes' court, his, his throne room. You know, she had all the authority. She was Xerxes' queen, and she still prepared to enter into his throne room. There was things she got dressed for. You know, she knew that there were certain things that needed to be followed before she can just come barging in. And then when she did finally enter boldly into his throne room, Xerxes acknowledged her, and they had that that beautiful moment where she put her hand on his scepter and, she, and he acknowledged her and he, and he listened to her. It was, it's such a great depiction of how we're to approach God in his throne room. Um, and as we're praying this and as we're praising him in this, in this second step, you know, we're building our own faith. Um, James 1 verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So build your faith, you know, worship him, remind yourself of who he is. What has he done for you in the past? What, is he, what do you know that he's capable of? What have you seen him do? Has he worked in other people's lives, lives of your friends? Has he worked in your life? What has he done for you in the past? Can you, do you remember where you were and now where you are today, how far he's brought you? Begin to stir that up, worship him for everything he is and everything you know he's capable of. So Jesus also acknowledged the faith that he saw when he healed people during his, uh, his, his, his um, ministry. Like the lady who touched Jesus' garment. Remember the lady that had that constant bleeding and she reached out and touched his hem of his garment? He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Um, that time Jesus healed a bunch of leopards. Um, he said to one of them, your faith has made you well. Jesus heals uh, blind Bartimaeus. He says, your faith has healed you. Um, these are all, you know, because they've had this faith, this desire. They, they knew that Jesus was the one. They knew what he was capable of. They knew what they needed from him, and he was the only one that could do this for them. Also use this part of your prayer to remember and thank God for what he's done for you in the past. You know, again, we're building our faith, reminding ourselves exactly who it is we're talking to and what he's capable of doing. You know, if he's done it before, he 100% can do it again. 
We need to reaffirm God's power. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Affirm that it's God's will. Not our will, but God's will. We need to reaffirm that. In essence, we're saying, God, as long as I am around, I am working to ensure your will is done. As long as, as, long as this, we're on my watch, I'm going to be certain that I'm going to do whatever I can do to ensure that your will is priority. See, it's God's desire for earth to be as it is in heaven. But we live in a world where people go against God's desire every single day, making this world painful, really. Um, Jesus is telling us to ask God to make earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there is freedom, peace, no pain, no heartache, no sickness, no shame. You know, Jesus has literally given us the ultimate authority that we could literally kind of like lasso heaven and pull it down, you know. Um, I don't know what bigger request there is than that. You know, you have sickness in your life. Well, there's no sickness in heaven. So Jesus says, have it here on earth as it is in heaven. Pray over, pray healing. You know, you feel shame. You know, pray, God, take my shame, God. Work with me, God. Redeem me. Restore me, God. You know, God, I need freedom. I need peace in my life. Well, he's saying, he's like, as it is in heaven, like, let's do it here on earth. Like, pray for it. Ask for it. Um, that, that is the desire of God's heart. Give us this day our daily bread is the next line. This is the part of the prayer, and this is point number three, where we can establish our request. Whatever is on your heart or mind, plug it in here. Um, God wants to hear our desires of our heart. James 4 verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. It's pretty clear as day. So right here, we want to plug, plug in our request. What is on your heart? God wants to know. The next line says, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. This is where we can align ourselves with God's will and desire. We talked about God's will being priority, right? But now it's time to take our will and our plans and align it with God. So we're saying things like, God, if you've forgiven me and desire that I forgive others too, then I choose to align myself with your desires for me. As God forgives us, I will forgive others because that's what he's called me to do and that's his desire. God's plan for you is always going to be better than anything you can come up for yourself. And like I encourage you, like make a plan, set goals, short term, long term, whatever, you do you. But you need to come, at the end of the day realize that I need to align myself with God's plan and God's will because it is always going to be greater than anything that I can come up with for myself. Um, I think of my son Judah. My son Judah, I love him to death. He's the funniest kid I've ever met. Um, Levi's up there too. Levi's pretty funny. You guys know Levi and Judah, right? And um, Judah's hilarious. Anytime we leave the house, you know, right now we're in, you know, this pandemic, so we don't leave the house too often, but when we do, just to get him out, I take him with me to help me run errands. Um, and I promise you, every time I put that car into drive and I leave the driveway, immediately out of his mouth, hey dad, can we stop for donuts? He's obsessed with donuts. He knows there's Tim Hortons is everywhere, and he knows we're going to drive past one. And he always wants a vanilla dip, or as we call them in my house, sprinkle donuts. And that's all he wants. And he comes on, he's, I'm pretty sure he dreads the car rides. But he knows, I'm gonna, I ask him, hey, do you want to come with dad? And he's like, absolutely. In the back of his mind, he's planning to ask me for donuts. That's all he cares about. But like, what kind of parent would I be if I said yes every single time, right? Like, and I'll be honest, 50% of the time, I, I buy the kid a donut. 
But the other half of the time, I, I, I have to say no, because what kind of parent would I be if I said yes all the time and just shoved donuts in my kid's face all the time? You know, I want to teach them to be, like, have a healthy lifestyle and make good choices when it comes to eating and have a, a well-balanced diet. Um, I don't want him to get, you know, he'd be up all night with, you know, tummy aches and stuff like that. So what kind of parent would I be if I just gave in to his plan? What Judah needs to do is align his plan with his father and realize, hey, my dad has good things for me. He doesn't want me to be sick. He doesn't want me to be, you know, uh, have a sore, uh, sore tummy. He doesn't want me to, you know, have this sugar rush and be all worn out by the end of the day. And, like, I, there's, there's a reason for my no. But this portion of scripture also puts us into action. Um, we're asking God to forgive us as we also forgive others who've wronged us. In other words, we are going to do our part in the plan God has predestined for us. Like, we're not going to be those couch potato Christians, right? Like, God's got a plan, and we're designed to be a part of that plan, um, you know, a lot of people say, like, well, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, and I know there's all these awful things going on in the world, or, um, but, you know, God's God, God's awesome, God's ultimate, he's, 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 he's the alpha, the omega, he's the creator of it all, he knows everything, I'm sure he's got it, right, but the thing is, we're the body of Christ, and, and we're called to, we're called to work in his plan, he's given us plans, he's predestined us to, to fulfill certain things, and what good is a foot if the leg isn't there, right, or like, what good is a hand if the arm doesn't want to move? Um, you know, we're called to, to, to move when he talks, tells us to move. We're called to take action when he calls us to action. Um, we can't just leave everything um, for him to take care of because he's called us to take care of certain things. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So our last point, our fourth point, is close the prayer. That's it. And as you close your prayer, let him know that you are depending on him. You're, you're, you're making a, a, a future direction, if I can say it that way. I can't do this without you. You are my leader. I have built my life upon you as its foundation, and I need you. You know, you know lead us not. Don't lead me away from temptation, God. You know, don't lead me there. But you know what? If I do, God, I know that you've given me the strength to get me through it. So we're setting ourselves up, God, that we're setting ourselves up for a future direction. You know, God, I'm going to, your will, not mine, and as I, and as I close this prayer, I'm going to walk that out. So just to recap quickly, number one, who are you praying to? God. Two, praise him and reaffirm your faith. Build yourself up. Build your faith. Remind yourself who he is, what he's done, what he's capable of. Three, plug in your request for Close the prayer. It's, 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 <laughs> I kind of sound like a cheesy car salesman, but it's, it's kind of that easy. And like, I'm not trying to sell you no slap chop this morning. Like, I'm just, it's, it's that easy. That's how he's modeling this to us because he wants us to desire and to communicate with us. And he's trying to build our confidence. Hey, it's not that hard. Just talk to me. You know, who am I? What have I done? You know, worship me. What do you need? Set your will. Is, like, acknowledge my will. Align yourself with me. Um, we see another prayer in scripture, which reflects this prayer as well. Um, this is in the book of Acts. This is after Jesus has died. Um, and the, you know, the disciples have their prayer training from Jesus. Um, it's regarding Peter and John, Jesus' disciples. Um, so just to recap kind of what's, uh, what happened here. Um, 
So Jesus and John, uh, Peter and John, are out, you know, healing, they're teaching, they're preaching, and they're healing people in the name of Jesus. And the Sanhedrin Council catches wind of this, and the Sanhedrin Council is like a leader council of the Jewish elders um, who had a huge part in the crucifixion of Jesus. They didn't like that Jesus was out claiming to be the Messiah. Um, so anyway, Jesus has died. They think that's over. It's done. He's gone. They don't have to deal with it anymore. But then they catch wind. No, his disciples are still out doing miracles, teaching, preaching, and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're thinking, oh, why can't we shake this guy? Like, why does he keep popping up? I never want to hear that name Jesus Christ again. So they call Peter and John into the Sanhedrin council and they say, listen, you're going to stop doing what you're doing and you're going to stop healing, preaching, and teaching in the name of Jesus Christ or else, basically. So they threaten them and they send them out and they think, hey, finally we've threatened them. They should be scared. They're not going to do this anymore. And then Acts chapter 4, verse 24 to 30 continues the story. And it says, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together and, and God lifted their voices together to God and said, sovereign Lord. Boom. That's point one. Who are they praying to? They got fancy with it. They called sovereign God, you know, from our father. They're still calling on God. They, you know, God knows who they're talking about. So when you pray, you know, feel free to flare it up a little bit. Um, the next line, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them? They're praising him. You know, they're calling him the creator. He created everything. Like, they're, they're, they're worshiping him in that moment, in that, in that sentence. The next, verse 25 says, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant said by the Holy Spirit, and now they're quoting scripture from Old Testament, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So they're building their faith here. They're literally quoting prophetic scripture and they're acknowledging that even though Herod and Pilate, a.k.a. the government, along with the other people, including his own people of Israel, the other Jews, they had Jesus killed. And they thought the entire time that they were in control, that that, that was their plan to kill Jesus. And what they're saying, they're acknowledging, but they know that it was all predestined and planned by God himself that Jesus would go to the cross for our sins, for our salvation, and for his glory. And that is amazing. <laughs> And the verse 29 goes on and says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your words with all boldness. Number three, they just plugged in their request. Yeah. They worship God. Who is he? They worshiped him. Third, they asked their request. And the request is despite the threats that they got, that they received for, you know, that for being so boldly to do things in Jesus' name, they're asking for more boldness, that they can continue to preach, teach, and heal in the name of Jesus Christ. They've aligned themselves because it is God's will on earth as it is in heaven, right? That Jesus wants to heal on earth as it is in heaven. That Jesus wants to, you know, teach people more about him. That's God's will. Good. Good. Verse, th verse 30 says, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And then they close the prayer. They've, by aligning themselves with the desires of God's heart. It's God's desire to heal. So again, I'm just going to recap again. I'm going to really drive this home. One, who are you talking to? 
Two, reaffirm your faith and worship him. Three, plug in your request. And four, close the prayer. And in closing, I'd just like to call the worship team back if they, they'd feel so, to do so. And in closing, really in a nutshell, that's, that's the art of talking to God. And I know I've mentioned how we need to align ourselves with God's desires, God's will, and God's plan for ourselves. And you're probably thinking, okay, Frank, you, you told me how to pray, but where is the, you know, the idiot's guide to aligning myself with God's will? Uh, where, do I, where do I get that book? And, and, and well, let me explain it this way. Um, in the terms of uh, rascal flats, you know, they say life is a highway. You know, life is a highway. I'm going to, no, I'm not making the request this morning, but you know what I'm getting at, right? Um, life is a highway. Sometimes our roads, you know, they twist, they turn, they go in unexpected directions. Um, our plans don't always end up going the way we want, right? Like, I think 2020 is a testament to that. Like, nobody planned for this pandemic. Uh, you know, nobody planned to be divorced. Nobody planned for, you know, that, that heartache, that loss. No one planned for that, you know, that loved one to pass away. And no one planned for any of that to happen during a pandemic where you can't even you know, properly visit them in a hospital or go to a funeral or, or be part of that wedding. And, you know, like it's, life is not supposed to be that hard, right? Have we, like, have I, am I the only one that's ever been there? But then as we're winding down this road, the weather changes and it begins to rain on something that we think like, this is already awful. I didn't plan for things to go this way. And now it's, now the weather's changed and, you know, those roads, the condition of the roads got worse and it just seems too much to bear. But for the driver that's willing to trust God with the road and the weather, then when it rains, it's just rain because our foundation is on him. We can put our trust in him. The, the rain and when it falls and the road when it turns that we know that God's got it. And if he's our foundation, if we step out of the driver's seat and we put him in it, then we know that he's in control we know that we are aligned with him. And when driving, your car goes where your, 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 eye, your, your car goes where your eyes go. And it's the same way with God. And he's asking you to trust in him and to keep your eyes on him. If you've been lost in the rain or, 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 a, or a whiteout, a blizzard, or whatever it is you're going through, or, or maybe you're not even on the road anymore, you're stuck in the ditch. I feel this morning there's somebody out there today, you know, God's saying, I found you. He wants to connect with you this morning. And there's a scripture I, I, feel, I feel compelled to share this morning. It's Isaiah 43, 1. And it says, but thus says the Lord God who created you, who formed you. Do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And if you'd love to receive God's gift of salvation, begin your journey and you know, just you know, begin your conversation with him because I'm sure there's many more conversations to be had. I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer this morning. And if that's you, please repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for seeking me out. Today I am letting go and I am trusting you. 
forgive me. Come into my life. I receive your gift of salvation. And I look forward to talking more with you and getting to know you more. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, please punch that, put that down in the chat. We want to celebrate with you. You know, you just made the best decision of your life. You, it's it's going to be amazing. Put that into the chat. We want to connect with you. We have a gift that we want to give you um, just to, you know, give you more information about, you know, a little bit more of who your father is and, you know, who he is and how he's going to be with you in your walk. I want to pass this over to Christina now to pray for our prayer request this week and uh, lead us in a moment of prayer. Awesome job, Frank. I couldn't have done a better job myself. But I just want to, well, I want to bring something up, though, while you're standing right there. Tiffany said 50%. Yeah, right, with the laughing emojis. So with the donut thing, yeah. I don't believe them. No, I, yeah, I think it's more like 99.9. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany, I knew it. I mean, I tell my grandkids 100% they can have it, but... Helps if you turn your microphone on. <laughs> turn it on. <laughs> Let me turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so many thoughts in my head right now. All right. This week, we want you to uh, just, we're, you're going to take the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, this model prayer, not uh, what we're supposed to pray, but how we're supposed to pray. And we're going to model this in group. It's going to be so great. For many of us, we just get stuck in our prayer time and we kind of wonder, you know, are we, are we, are we getting this done? And thank you, Frankie. That was amazing. Yeah, You're going to pray word. right now because great we've word. got, we're going to insert some needs. We have a lot of needs. Um, you know, there's a lot of people praying for covid like related stuff and yeah. I mean this is real and, and we want to just come against it um, we have a lot here Kendall who had an angina attack this week um, Judy St. Jacques is believing for so healing and Jim Morris has a knee in the hospital yep. you know there's so much healing there's so much stuff there's so many attacks so let's yeah. just begin to pray for yes. this Father we just pray God this morning for every prayer request that has come in God we're believing for people that are in the hospital believing for cancer God we're just calling out cancer you have no spot cancer just back off god you are the almighty physician you are the great and holy physician god and you can just reach down and heal in an instant god regardless if we're healed on this earth or we're healed when we receive our healing with you jesus god the ultimate goal is we're healed father we're coming against COVID this morning there's so much COVID yes, everywhere we yes. turn everywhere we look god we're just calling out healing on COVID this morning father we're calling out attacks on marriages attacks on families Attacks on children. God, we're just saying, we're breaking off these attacks, Father. We're breaking off these, these attacks on marriages, attacks on families, God. For Satan, you have no hold. And Father, we're just saying we speak peace. We call calm to the storm. We call peace in just that you can just calm everything. Father, for physical healing requests, we're just believing for every physical healing request yes. this morning, God. You have it all. 
You have it all in control. You have it all in your hands. You see it all. And when we can't see every request, Father, you do. Because you're the God that knows every hair on our head. So obviously, God, it's so easy for you to know every request. Father, we thank you that you have us in this time. When the storms are raging and the winds are blowing and the seas are mighty, God, you got us. You're holding us. You got us. Thank In you your Lord. name we pray. Amen. 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 Come amen. on. Yeah, take, your, take your answer to prayer Yeah, today. absolutely. Um, if you have a prayer request, just if you could email it, leave people, a voicemail. Coming in, yeah. yeah. We're going to pray every Sunday. Do you know, every single prayer request that comes in, it, it, yes, we pray. cover it. And yeah. we might not call it out here. But, we're, detail, but, we're covering but we are covering it. Yeah, absolutely. 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 We, know your, we know your prayer request. Continuing our worship nights and our small group nights. Tuesday night, um, worship. Join us for live worship at what time? Uh, 7 o'clock. Are you sure? No. Okay. Are you? I'm sure I got the card. But okay, I want to make sure you're, you're sure. I just want to make sure you're doing your homework because obviously I see you at home. I'm cheating off your notes. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. Leave I'm not going to rat you out. No, don't do that. Uh, make sure. Small group is awesome. Are you part of a small group? I'm part of yours. I watch you through the window. Yeah. You know, I got questioned the other night on my small group. He said, what's going on? I said, that was my small group. And he goes, well, I heard Ray saying something. I said, well, then join it. But, you know... We all need to join a part of a, smear, a, of, uh, of a yeah. small group. They're awesome. Yeah. And then you're missing out because no, you're I'm, not joining my small group. I'm in group. Come on. <laughs> and, and small groups are awesome. So Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and then you're going to go and you're going to join your small group. Well, church is done. Oh, it's really sad because, like, there's 10 of us in this room and, you know, we're all going our own ways. But then it's just me and you and Aaron and Seth and it's, it gets a little lonely. Yo, those of you that are out there that are lonely, you know it is real. It, it, is, it is connect with someone. Yeah, make a phone call. Make an email. Make a, a Facebook. We are all so attached through social media. Yes. So don't be lonely. No. There are people that love you. We love you, Harvest. Love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless you. See you next and week. And stay safe.